0: You are listening to Torah, the Shir series where we explore the connections between the Parsha Shavua and its corresponding Haftara. And here at the Database with Rabbi Ishua Eisenberg, this week's Parsha is not only Parsha Tetzaveh, but it is also Parsha Zachor, which means that this particular Shira will be the first of two Torah Shirim that we will be delivering this week by Ezra HaShem, the first of which is going to be focused on the quote-unquote regular Torah for Parsha Tetzaveh, whereas the latter, Be'ez will be devoted to the unique Haftorah for Parsha Zachor, which is the second of the Dalad Parshios, the four special Parshios that we read at this time of year. And I refer to the former as the quote-unquote regular Haftorah for Parshas Tetzaveh. That being because Parshas Tetzaveh quite often coincides with Parsha Zachor, which makes the actual Haftorah for Parshas Tetzaveh a little bit more rarely read. It's a little bit more of a an uncommon occurrence to read the Haftarah for Parshat Tzavah. It's perhaps not as uncommon as reading the actual Haftarah for Parshat Mishpatim, which we discussed a couple of weeks ago, when Mishpatim coincided with Parshat Shkalim, which it normally does. Um, there are other weeks that can uh, coincide with Parshat Zachor. Last year, Parshat Zachor coincided with Trima. I would say that often enough, Parshat Zachor can coincide with Vayikra, depending on the calendar year, if it's a leap year, and maybe we'll talk a little bit more about that later this week, but right now we're going to focus on the regular Haftarah for Parshas which comes to us from Sefer Yechezkel, Perak Mem Gimel, 43 in Yechezkel, starting with Pasuk Yud, going all the way to Pasuk Chavzayin, so that's 43, 10 to 27, and this is not the first nor the last Haftarah that we'll see from Sefer Yechezkel. More recently, we opened up Sefer Yechezkel for the Haftarah for Parshas V'era. We saw it earlier as well for Parshas Vaigash. And this year will be dedicated And as we continue what we introduced last week, at least when it comes to Parshas HaShavuah, Previously, we opened up a discussion about what we referred to as the Mishkan series, where we started with Parsha's Truma last week, and we had mentioned that Truma, until the end of Sefer Shemos, are really just segments or chapters of that larger series, the Mishkan series, and I argued that that is reflected in a few of the Haftaros for these Parshaos as well, right? So if you're following from Truma to Tzava, Kisisevaya, so... A majority of them, and in this case three out of five of them, are devoted to a particular series. And again, it's reflected in the Haftaros as the pieces from Navi that we read in some of these weeks comes from the story of Shlomo HaMelech's building, his construction of the first Beis HaMegdash, which is taken from Malachim Aleph, and uh, last week we saw from Perak Hay. But if you follow Malachim Aleph from Perak Hay all the way to Perak Ches, five to eight, you'll note that Many of those parts of the story are featured in the Haftarahs in these five weeks. However, this Mishkan series we had mentioned doesn't actually run throughout every single one of these Parshish HaShavua, at least not as it pertains to the haftarah. Meaning, the haftarah for Parshish for example, is one of the two exceptions to this mini-series as it is not taken from the story of Shlomo Hamalech's building of the Beis HaMegdash. And it brings to the forefront our question of why the Mishkan series is interrupted and why did we choose, why did our Mesoor choose the particular reading that we are going to be talking about? Because as I mentioned, the Haftar comes from Yechazkel, it does not come from Malach if it's not talking about the construction of the Beis HaMegdash. So the question is if that's not what Parshish is about, then what is it about? And is that reflected in the Haftarah? And I want to argue that, of course, it is. But, again, that is not to suggest that Tsava has nothing to do with the Mishkan. And I'll say the same thing for next week's Parjah Parshas, Kisisa, which is also... Uh, parsha, whose Haftarah does not conform to this mini-series that I'm arguing is there. We just have it for Truma Vayakhel and Bekude, three parshios whose Haftarah is again about that one topic of the building of the Beis Gdash. So for Tetzave and Kisisa, we have to do a little bit of work to see what else in the Parsha did the Torah seek to highlight, um, and how is that reflected in the Haftarah, the, the, the portion from Navi as well. So I believe that the beginning to the answer of our question is that it could be that although in the Torah, Parshas Tetzaveh does, in a certain sense, continue the discussion of the Mishkan related items, if one looks carefully at all of the items in Parshas Tetzaveh, I think there is a more central theme than merely the Mishkan itself. So the question is, what is that theme? And the only consistent theme that I notice, at least, is that Tetzaveh has a special focus on the role and the services of the Kohanim. For example, Titzava begins with a command concerning the menorah, which Arun HaKohain was destined to kindle. Then Titzava elaborates on the details of the Big Day Kahuna, of course, perhaps the most um, central theme that anyone notices at first glance, the Kohanic clothing. Moreover, while most of the kalim of the Mishkan were described already last week in Parshas Teruma, the description of the Mizbeach ha-Zahav, the golden altar upon which the ketoresh, the incense, was offered, is conspicuously pushed off until the end of Tetzaveh, something that we've pointed out in Parsha Panorama. And of course, only... The Kohanim could perform this service of the Keturus as alluded to by the golden Zer Zahav, the Saviv, the golden diadem around the Mizbeach, which Chazal tells us is a symbol of the Keser Kahuna, the crown of priesthood, you see Rashi in our Parsha, citing the Gemara in Yoma. Thus, Parshat Tzav is not merely a continuation of the Mishkan discussion of Truma, but it is in its own way an isolated section about the Kahuna. Specifically about the priesthood, with the above in mind, it makes sense that the Haftarah would also interrupt our program to bring us something more relevant and kohen related such as, for example, a description about the golden menorah, like which we read about in for Parshas Behaloscha. We have we also happen to read that on Chanukah, a discussion that we'll have to return to from Sefer Zacharia. Or perhaps something specifically about the Quran themselves, like we find in the Haftarah for Parshas Emor, which, by the way, also comes from Sefer Yicheskel, um, which will be the next parak, believe it or not. Um, not the next Parsha for now, obviously, but in a few weeks from now, when we read Parshas Emor, so the Haftarah comes from Yicheskel Mem Daled. Now, that's what we would have expected, right? But, interestingly enough, if we look at the actual Haftarah for Parshas Tetzaveh from Yicheskel Mem Gimel, takes place during the time of what would be the third temple inauguration when HaShem, when we have Binyanvayi's Shlishi, the Navi there in our Haftarah describes somewhat the Kohanim who will serve in those days. But if you look at the Haftarah itself, the, the Kohanim, they're really only mentioned in passing. In fact, the Haftarah's main focus is something that is hardly featured in Parshas Namely, the inauguration of the Copper Mizbeach, the Chanukah HaMizbeach, which stood outside the Hechel. Right? Outside the sanctum of the of Mugdash, outside the sanctum of the Mishkan, in the courtyard, we have the Mizbeach hanachoshes, that Copper Mizbeach, which was the Mizbeach that was designated for karbonos, such as the olos, the burnt offerings, all of which was described back in Parshish Shrema. You want to find the construction for the Mizbech HaNechoshes, that's where it is. So you can imagine how strange that is. With a sidra that specifically highlights the Kohanim and the Mizbech Hazav, the golden altar, we have specifically chosen to read a Haftarah that revolves around the copper altar, the Mizbeach HaNechoshes, of last week's Parsha. Now, you might be thinking, okay, well, we interrupted our Mishkan series for this. It is kind of peculiar, because Tetzaveh is a Kohuna exclusive sidra, as we've already explained, loaded with so many unique features of Kohen-related mitzvos. So the question is why exactly it is that this reading about the Mizbeach HaOla the Mizbeach for the burnt offerings, is an appropriate one for Parshas Tetzave, And perhaps the answer to this question is one that is fundamental for our understanding of the true focal point of Tetzave and the key role of the Kohanim. Yes, Tetzave introduces us to the golden altar and all of the other fancy features of the kahuna, but perhaps the proposed climax of Tetzave which ironically may be the most glossed over passage in Tetzvah, actually concerns the procedure for the inauguration of the Kohanim, which transpired through the communal carbonos that were offered on this Mizbeach HaOla, this Mizbeach HaNechoshas. If you look at Perak Chavtes of Sefer Shemos, our Parsha, we find that particular piece. And this induction ceremony, which every Kohen would undergo, would begin each Kohen's term and services, all which revolve around the offerings which were offered on this particular copper mizbeach, and this ceremony, might speak volumes about the role of the kohanim. Because if for nothing else, the kohanim serve to unify the Bnei with its creator. There actually is a, a Gemara in a Darum that talks about what in fact is the true role of the kohanim. Are they shluchay makom? Are they ambassadors of HaKadosh Baruch Hu? Are they shluch e Are they ambassadors of us, in a certain sense, they fulfill both roles. Are they, they serve to unify us with Hashem through their daily avoda, in, in engaging with the Karbonos, representing all of us, their brethren, in the temple service by offering the Karbonos on our behalf. And at first glance, you might think that there is a lot to being a Kohen in terms of the extravagance of the garments and the adornments that they wear. But it is not about the personal glory that the Kohen wears these garments, right? There's plenty of that, I, I don't want to call it flamboyance, but perhaps that splendor, that magnificence, the majesty of being a Kohen. But the crucial aspect of Kahuna that I think is highlighted in Parak Haftes, in our Parsha and in our Haftarah as well, is the responsibility, not just the privileges, but the responsibility that comes with serving in the Mikdash. It's about making the Avodah possible, which is really a more humbling experience when you think about it. And of course, when we see all the special honor and privileges of the Kohanim, it's easy to miss that central role of the kahuna, which is really about the service for one's community, which is a higher calling. And it could be that Moshe Rabbeinu himself lost sight of this particular goal of the kahuna when he, in his unmatched humility, forfeited his rights to the kahuna to his brother back at the burning bush in, in Parsha Shemos when Chazal tell us in the Gemara and Zvachim in the Shemos that because Moshe refused to accept that mantle um, to go and save Klali Yisrael, to be the messenger of Hashem, the Shluch HaMakum. So when he refused to do the Hashem said, okay, well, you know what? The rights to be the Kohen is going, be, is going to be deferred to somebody else, if that's how you feel. Moshe Rabbeinu, of course, didn't want any glory, and indeed, there is much glory that comes with being a Kohen. But with our Haftarah and with the inauguration of the Kohanim, we recognize that the Kahuna is not truly about glory, and in fact, is not even about the Kohanim themselves. Right, the above can all be equally applied to the Israel at large as Hashem's Mamlachas Kohanim, as his kingdom of Kohanim, our role to the world. Because, yes, like the Kohanim, we have a lot of privileges and spiritual glory as Hashem's treasured firstborn nation, yet the main focus for us in our lives has to be the daily avoda that we do to unify the entire world with its creator. And at the end of the day, that's really what Kohuna and being a Ben Yisrael is all about. Thus, despite the fact that when we open up a parsha like Parsha Tetzave, and our attention is immediately grabbed by the stunning clothing that the Kohan would wear, the Haftarah says, no, look at Perik Haftes in the parsha, which talks about the Karbanos and the Mizbeach. And the Haftarah tells us to meditate. Zos taras al-Roshahar. This is the true teaching of... The bias of the house, the base of that is atop the holy mountain of a baruch Midos Ha midos and says, "Look at the measurements of the altar. Meditate on the mizbeach and what made it made it up." And it, at length, it describes the harel of the mizbeach, which is the the, the roof of the mizbeach from the sovevulamala, says Rashi, from the from the circuit of the mizbeach and above, and the ariel, the lion like part of it it's uh referred to this way because of the fiery um um lion formation of the uh of that uh, of the carbonus when they are offered so the says the haftarah i want you to meditate on the avoda that the kohanim do not the clothing that they wore you want to know what it means to be a kohen look at the last pasuk in the haftarah and when the days have been completed, Yom Hashmini, it'll be on the eighth day of that inauguration. And henceforth, what is the Kohen going to do? Mizbeach, Esolo Sechem. They're going to bring the carbonus Olah, v'es shalmechem, and your peace offerings, And I will accept you with satisfaction, says a Baruch We should all be Zocha to appreciate our unique kohanic role in the grand stage, and actualize that role by successfully engaging it in fulfilling our daily avoda, unifying ourselves and everyone around us with Hashem. And Hashem should shower us with all the due glory that comes with being His kohanim, but our focus should be on the right spot. And Hashem should, of course, accept our future avoda in that third base Migdash with the days of Mashiach, the Meher, Stay tuned for the half Haftarah for Parsha Zahar. And of course, if you enjoy Shurim like this and others on the podcast, you want to partner up with us with a sponsorship. Or if you have questions, comments, concerns, recommendations, or you want to join the Database Podcast WhatsApp group for updates and links for every uploaded Shir, especially Shurim from the archives, which I quote-unquote stream every week, then all you have to do is reach out to me at, at gmail.com. That's the database, B-E-I-S, at gmail.com. Until next time, thank you for joining us here at The Database.